So we're talking about the believer's authority. This is week two. I want to go back. We're talking about specifically, we're laying a foundation, the foundation of our authority, okay? Remember that this started, God's plan for man to have authority and dominion on this earth didn't start when Jesus came out of the grave. It started when he created man. So this plan has been, it's, it's literally almost 6,000 years old, right? It was God's original plan. In Genesis chapter 1, in verses 26 through 28, we looked at it last week. I want to encourage you, go back and listen to these messages again. We went way in depth in this a little bit, or way in depth. I mean, it's all, we're always, we just keep going in these things. But it says, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion, which we said that Hebrew word is the right and the power to govern and to control. It literally means sovereign authority. God gave man sovereign authority on this earth. Okay, That was God's initial plan, and he never changes. Then he gives us all the, you know, it says, over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. As if you didn't get that in verse 26, he's going to say it again. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them, and God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. And then he said this, and subdue it. That means to permanently conquer it and bring it under permanent subjection. Permanent subjection. That was God's original plan, and it's never stopped. Have dominion, again, over the fish of the sea, fowl of the air, over every living thing that moves upon the earth. So then, as in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Because people, when you talk about this, will go, who do you think you are? And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm commanded to think that I am who God says he's made me. Amen. Right? In Psalm 8, verse 1, it says this, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Verse 4, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him. Then it says this in verse 5. For you have made him a little lower than the angels. That's, that's an incorrect translation. Because it's you have made him a little lower than. The Hebrew word there is Elohim. It's the word for God. You have made him a little lower than God. Or you have made him God. What, what, what is this? Right? What is man that you're mindful of? You've made him a little lower than who you are. Right now, we're not God, right? You know, Pastor Dave was talking about this building. We're, we're so thankful for the Christian Science Church that they built this for us, right? They, 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 they didn't know that, but yeah, thank you, right? We could be in agreement with that, right? Now, a lot of the other stuff, we're just going to kind of throw it out. We're going to stick to the word, but that... We're so thankful for them, right? Look at this. I love this. 
You've made him a little lower than the angels or a little lower than Elohim. Has crowned him with glory and honor. God's plan was to crown him, crown man with glory and honor. Right? Now remember, glory. Glory is the very presence of Almighty God. If grace was a tree, glory would be its fruit. God imparts his grace in you, in salvation, all of the blessings of God, and what comes out of your life because of it is the glory of God. The Bible says God has crowned him with glory and honor. That's who he made man. Verse 6, you have made him to what? Have dominion over all of your works. Wow. All of the works of your hands, God, you've made man to have dominion. Again, dominion. The right and the power to govern and control sovereign authority over the works of his hands. Isn't that interesting? Wow. You have put how many things under his feet? All things under his feet. That was God's original intention. In the Garden of Eden, Eve should have looked at that serpent and said, shut up and get out. And that serpent would have had to shut up and get out. Amen. Right? Reasons why to not listen to a lot of the junk thoughts that come in your mind. You've got to take every one of them captive. Then we fast forward and now we've got Jesus getting baptized in the Jordan River, right? The heavens open to him. This is Matthew chapter 3. The heavens open to him. Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, in his fullness, descends upon Jesus like a dove. But he wasn't a dove. The Holy Spirit is much more powerful than a dove, right? I mean, wow. But he, he comes upon Jesus and he is now anointed by God. So he lived on this earth as a man anointed by God. Now you got to understand this. Isn't it interesting that Jesus forgave sin? Remember the man born by four? They tore up the roof of the house. They lower this lame man, right? He'd been lame his whole life. And Jesus looked at him and said, your sins are forgiven you. And the Pharisees are freaking out in their mind, right? They're going, who does this guy think he is? So you, you sit here and go, now wait a minute. He, he, comes, he gets baptized. The Holy Spirit comes upon him. He goes into the wilderness. He's tempted of the devil. One of the temptations, the devil says, listen, all the authority over all these nations and the glory of them, it's been transferred to me by Adam. And if you'll fall down and worship me, I'll give you all of it. Right? But then we have Jesus saying, oh, no, 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 Satan, you will worship the Lord your God, and him only will you serve. Then he comes down the mountain. Now he starts his earthly ministry. Miracles are happening. He's teaching. He's in a house. I think it was his house. They tore up his roof. They lower the, this guy down, and he looks at this guy, and he says, your sins be forgiven you. Well, now, time out. Did he have authority? To forgive sins. He had authority. Why did Jesus have authority when the authority on the earth was transferred to Satan? Jesus was not born in sin. 
all of mankind were born in sin, so they came underneath the delegated authority of Satan. They had no power. But Jesus, he had authority because he was righteous. He was not spiritually dead. Does that make sense? So this is why he could operate in these things. The reason why I want you to see this is it was God's original intent. So now Jesus is on the scene. I mean, he's, he has total dominion over water. God the Father tells him to walk on the water. He's like, okay, right? He commands fish to go hit a net. He commands fish to go hunt for enough tax money to pay his and Peter's taxes, right? He has power to lay hands on people with leprosy. Power, the Bible said power went out of him and healed all of their sick. I mean, it, just amazing stuff, right? So this is what, how come? Acts 10.38 tells us what happened when Jesus got baptized. When Jesus got baptized, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost, even with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So now in Matthew chapter 10, we saw last week, not only did Jesus have authority because he was righteous, you see how I'm kind of building a case here? You're righteous. If you know God, You've been born again. You've been taken out of the delegated authority of darkness. He has no authority over you. This should be taught everywhere, all the time. Because Satan is stealing, killing, and destroying. He's the destroyer, but he can't kill and destroy until he steals something. What? He steals the word of God from a person's heart, he separates them from faith, right? He can't kick down your door and ruin your life. He has no power to do that. But if you don't know that, he operates, he's, he's operates illegally in God's territory. He does everything as an outlaw. Remember when Jesus said that the thief comes in another way? Satan came in another way. See, Jesus came in the right way. He was born in the flesh. He came into this earth realm in the flesh in the right way. Satan didn't. He was just kicked out of heaven. He was here. He had no legal right here. He was done when God made man because God gave man. That's why he gave him dominion. You subdue the earth. You take your dominion and you subdue the earth. That means you permanently subject, you disable and you permanently subject everything, him, Satan, from ever doing anything on the earth. That was God's original plan. So now in Matthew chapter 10, what does he do? In verse 1 it says this, and when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power. So now these guys who were not born again, Jesus was able to still delegate authority. It was, he gave them power. That word is excusia. It's delegated authority. He gave them delegated authority to show you how defeated Satan is. Jesus had a right to give them 
his authority. And we see, and look at, look at what it says here, against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Jesus went about doing good and healing, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Do you know the Bible calls all sickness and disease satanic oppression? So now Jesus delegates his authority. Well, how, so how did, they, how did they operate in it? The Bible tells us if you study these scriptures, they went about, they went about and used his name. They said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. In the name of Jesus, demon come out of him. See, they were able to use Jesus's authority because he delegated it to them in his name. Okay? Do you kind of see a parallel here about the way we operate? This is not a peripheral doctrine, guys. This is all over the book. That's why even in Isaiah, it says, in righteousness, you will be established. That means fixed and immovable. It says you will be far from oppression, right? And it will not come near you. Terror will not come near you because you will not fear. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Why? Because you're righteous. You're immovable in your righteousness. But you got to know that. Because otherwise he'll create circumstances in this earth realm. He'll, he'll throw thoughts. He'll get you to buy lies. He'll start working on you when you're four years old to take you out when you're 25 or 30 or 50. Right? I mean, he'll just work over time and over time and over time to try to deceive because he has no power. So then in Luke chapter 10, verse 1, it says, After these things the Lord appointed 70 others. And sent them two by two. He appointed them. In other words, he delegated authority to 70 other people. And he sent them two by two. Everywhere he was going to go, he sent them before him. He told them to heal the sick therein and say unto them, The kingdom of God is come nigh you. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Now look at this, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us, through thy name. So they were, they were going around in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. In the name of Jesus Christ, come out of him. Come out of her. Be healed. Okay? So then, when Jesus is explaining, now he explains in Luke 10, 19, of the, the magnitude of this authority that he delegated to them. He said, behold... I give you power, excusia. I give you delegated authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions. To tread, that Greek word means to have absolute mastery over all of the satanic hierarchy. And also to tread on all the power, really that is the Greek word for ability, of Satan himself. So this authority that he gave these people who were not even born again yet, Jesus hadn't even gone to the cross, was enough for them to have absolute mastery over Satan, 
and all the principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places, demons, everything, fallen angels, everything. That was, that was before he went to the cross. Wow. I wonder if you can kick Satan out of every area of your life and walk on this earth as Jesus did. Absolutely. This, so you've got to understand that. If you have sickness in your body, it has no legal right there. Yeah, but you know, I didn't take care of my body. That doesn't matter. Jesus paid for that. Just repent and receive and speak. Poverty and lack, it has no place in your life. The Bible says the blessing of Abraham makes rich. Now, I don't care how you dissect it, that word rich, it literally is talking about financial. And it literally means a full and overflowing supply. More than you need. The blessing of the Lord. But, but he adds no toil with it, no sorrow with it. Right? Well, I'll tell you, if you could see this, and then you start to realize, wait a minute, he is Jehovah Jireh. He is the God that sees and goes before and provides everything before you get there. Do you realize God's provided everything for you before you ever got there? So now, it's not, that's why the New Testament, the word ask doesn't mean, hey, can you please give me this? Please, God, I promise I'll do better. Right? No, no, it means to call for, to require, to make a demand for. Father, I require finances. Right? I've got these debts, and I require finances. And this is a mountain of debt that in the natural should take me 10, 20, 30 years to pay off, but I, don't, I know I don't have that much time. And you, through your son, instituted an eternal jubilee, which was debt cancellation. So however you do that, through blessing me at work, through bringing money in, giving me other income streams, making me the head of my career and not the tail. See, God doesn't want you to do anything for yourself or by yourself. Don't limit, don't limit your life to your own natural ability. You're not to walk in just your natural ability. You're to walk in your natural ability in Christ, in his ability. Right? This is, this is not my opinion. This is total Bible. There's no gray area here. Right? Look at this. The devils are even subject. So then he goes, behold, I give you this power this delegated authority to tread, have absolute mastery over all, Satan and all of his hierarchy. And then he finishes up and says, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Wow. Do you know all but one of the disciples were martyred? Talk to all of them in heaven. And they didn't have their life taken, they laid it down. Because if they, if it wasn't there, if it wasn't that place where they just laid it down, they could have not been killed. In our environment here, listen, you need to be very adamant. Satan is working overtime with sickness and disease to get Christians out of here early. I mean, he's a killer. He wants to kill everybody. But specifically, the Bible says our adversary, the devil. 
adversary. It's the Greek word antidikos. It literally means one who is violently opposed to righteousness. He hates you. He wants you off the planet early, and he wants to hold you up to the world and say, see, nothing in the word works. And your father has provided complete protection for you, provision, healing, so that you can live a supernatural life, but you're going to have to. See, he can't force that on you. Even though it's yours, you still have to seize hold of it through faith. Right? But he will help you do it. Don't buy into this lie. Don't ever, as you get older, when you forget something, go, well, you know, I'm just because I'm getting older. Man, don't open that door. Your mind is getting sharper, not duller. Right? And God's healing power will keep your brain healthy so that your mind can function through it. Yeah, you might not move as fast. You know, we got all these young guys playing flag football, and I just, I talk to them, and I'm like, I would love to play flag football. But you know... I'm just not in that place right now, and I, I don't know as a 61-year-old, I think I'm just going to wait a little while. Because what happens, like, you think you're 25, because you're eternal, right? And all of a sudden, you're trying to do something, right? But we are not to walk in this earth and be sickly and weak and unable to serve God. And if that's where you are today, don't worry about that. You realize that God, let be excited. God has made provision for you. He will heal your body. He'll strengthen your body. He'll give you new joints, right? He'll give you new organs so that you can finish strong, right? And I think Julius Irving is the only one I ever heard of who could dunk a basketball in his 60s. And now, Michael Jordan probably could too, but I, you know, that most people can't. I, I still can. I just have to crank the rim down a little bit, you know, but uh, I don't want to brag or anything. And I'm not, I'm, I think we're just not going to tell you how far I got to crank that thing down, right? <laughs> is, is it down low? That's funny. So Jesus is saying to all of us, that you have authority because Satan's already defeated. Satan's a defeated foe, as I said earlier. He's an illegal occupier of God's territory. So then now, we kind of finished with this. We touched on it, but I want to go into it again. Now in Matthew 28, now it's a new day. So that was good, right? That was really good. They had complete authority over Satan, and they weren't even born again as they operated in the delegated authority in the name of Jesus. But now, Jesus comes out of the grave, and he says this in verse 18. Matthew 28, 18, he says, Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power. He gave them delegated authority. But now, he comes out of the grave, and he says, All power. That's the Greek word again, excusia. All delegated authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Verse 19, now go ye therefore. Now you go in my name. This is why Jesus said, listen, 
it's better that I go away because now you will do greater works than I did. We have been given all. That name, when you say in the name of Jesus, it's all authority now. It's even beyond Luke 10, 19. How far beyond? You know, we're still writing the book of Acts. So in other words, now Jesus is given all the authority that Adam lost. All of it. Jesus got the authority back for us. Why? So that we would have authority in the earth. Listen, the believer's authority is God's protection plan for you. You keep sickness and disease out of your body. You keep poverty and lack out of your life. If you're sitting here going, man, I'm just so busy. I'm just so beaten down with this, this corporate world. I have no time to serve God. Then use your authority and change that. Right? Because, you know, with God, there's no... The Bible says, I mean, we sang it, right? Seek first the kingdom and everything will be added to you. Don't limit your life to what you think you can do. You walk in the authority. And, and guys... We're at the end of this age. You're going to have to. You're not going to be able to walk out God's plan for your life without an understanding of authority. Right? We have been given, like we said last week, authority in the name of Jesus. We have been given power in the person of the Holy Spirit. So we are authorized and we are empowered. Right? Our awesome brother, Caleb, he, he works as a police officer. He's been authorized, right? He's been authorized by the city of Bennington that he has authority. That badge gives him authority. But also, he's been also given weapons that give him power, right? I mean, try to attack him today, but... Realize this, you might get tased. And you will realize he's empowered. Right? Go, the next time you see a police officer, just smart off to him. Kick his car. And guess what? You will find out that he has authority to handcuff you, throw him in the back of that police car, which is probably not comfortable, and give you room and board in a place that you don't want, right? Where people, where guys in there don't play well with other children, right? No, so that's the way we are. We are authorized in the name of Jesus. We are empowered, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Authorized and empowered. See, Jesus' authority is to be perpetuated through the earth, through his body. Right? The devil talks a big game. But you know what? We as believers, we need to speak. We speak the word of God under the anointing of God and we speak it in the love of God and it is the most powerful thing in the world. We, we, we literally walk with the peace of God that mounts guard over our heart and our mind. No matter what we face, we face it in joy, we face it in peace, and we just have a smile on our face and people look at you and go, don't you know this could take you out? No, it can't. 
No, I, I already know. See, what separates Christianity from every other religion of the world? I don't, don't study all the religions of the world. Yikes, right? But what separates God? The Bible tells us that what separates who we believe, the one true God, is he tells the end from the beginning. He tells you what's going to happen before it does. No other religion of the world does that. But God does. It's amazing, Bible prophecy, how we're seeing everything just fall right into place perfectly. But he tells the end for the beginning, because guess what? He is the alpha, the beginning. He is the end, the omega, right? I love that. He's bigger. He's bigger, and you on the earth are bigger because of who you're in. But you got to believe it. So go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. We're going to have to, you know, go a little faster today because, you know, Pastor Mark, uh, he just went kind of long with worship and, uh, you know, and I don't know why it went so long, but yeah, I think we could have kept going. Wow, we might have got raptured. (laughs) Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. It says this. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. In other words, as a child of God, you have been once and for all removed from the delegated authority and power of darkness. You're not there anymore. Everybody who came up for prayer today, they were not there. They're in the kingdom. So all this stuff that is trying to hold their life is just eradicated because they're in the kingdom. None of it has any authority in their life. Right? The literal rendering, if you look at all these Greek words, you could say it this, this way. Who hath once and for all totally delivered us and removed us out of the authority of the kingdom of darkness and hath transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. I love the Amplified Classic. It says this, The Father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of of the son of his love. The father did that. Isn't that amazing? Wow. The kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is where God literally is exercising authority, where his presence and will are being done and manifested. And nothing can stop that unless you not believing it. So now I want you to jump over to Ephesians because I want to give you, in in the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 15, and I want to take you through this scripture because it gives us a picture, another picture of authority, how this whole thing works. Isn't that amazing? When you got born again, you were completely delivered. That's deliverance ministry. When you got saved, you were delivered right? Deliverance ministry now, all that's doing is the anointing is lifting a burden and destroying a yoke of a a lie, 
over a person's life. They're already free on the inside. So Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15, it says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God, here's the prayer, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The most important thing to have as a child of God is the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That is all you need in life, right? Without this, without, if you're not walking in the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, you will walk in this earth distracted. You'll be distracted by the natural things that are happening. You'll think your natural life is more important than this, and you will shoot way you won't, you'll just shoot way, way below who you are in Christ, okay? Without this, the believer, see, when you don't have the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, this is what a believer does. They look at the word of God now, if they ever get in it, but when they look at it, when they're reading it, when they're going in this, they're looking at different things, and they will pick and choose what they will do and what they won't do and they'll pick and choose what is their truth. And they'll never be able to have the word of God above everything else in their life. They, why is that? Because they're distracted. They're not bad Christians. They're just distracted. And they're, and, they're, and they're living out of their flesh. So they're self-centered, which causes you to pick and choose. Well, I, I like that blessing part. I don't like that sewing part. I really like that, you know, lay hands suddenly part, but I don't like that forgiveness part, right? And I don't, you know, I don't like that seek ye first the kingdom of God part. And I'm single and I really don't like that fornication part because I, you know, I, I love her and I want to have sex with her before we get married, right? I mean, that's just the way, that's, can I be real? And I'm, and I'm hurting and I just want to hurt and I want to tell everybody about how I'm hurting and I refuse to believe what the Bible says, and I'm just hurting. Why are you hurting? Because you are distracted. Because you're operating out of your flesh. Why? Because you don't have the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Why am I saying this? Your answer, all of our answers in every arena of our life is to get our eyes off ourself and get our eyes on Jesus and let him move you out of wherever you are. Right? He's your deliverer, not you. He's your strength, not you. Right? So freeing. Saying no to God always causes us to walk in darkness when we have been made to walk in the light. The first time you pray and ask God to grant you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, you do that. Father, I, I ask for that. After that, you walk around thanking him. Father, I thank you that I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Right? Having the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him produces this. 
verse 18 and 19. Right? We're going to look at that. So go to verse 18 here and realize this. Revelation knowledge of God's word, it brings spiritual understanding to you. Right? If you'll notice, we don't have 20-minute sermons when they tell you people could only handle 20 minutes and then they lose focus. Today, your focus is not, I'm not, I should say it this way, the Holy Spirit is not trying to minister to your mind. Right? To your intellect. He's ministering to your spirit. And see, when, when you gain revelation knowledge of God, it gives you spiritual understanding. All of a sudden now you have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. You have spiritual understanding, which means you could look at a situation of total lack and know that you're in abundance. You could look at a situation where you're like, there's no way I could ever be successful in this. And you could look at it and go, this is going to be a cool ride. Because all that stuff has to bow to the success God has made me. Right? He'll open doors no man can shut. He'll shut doors that no man can open. He'll make sure you're above only and not beneath, the head and not the tail. Right? The path, your path is one of increase. I love that. So let's look at it. Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding. Right? The eyes of your understanding. This is talking about your spirit and soulish realm. Being enlightened. I love this word. It's the Greek word photizo, the word enlightened. It literally means a brilliance of light. That you may know the hope of his calling. So see, what happens in this, the byproduct of God giving you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him is now his word will open up to you and light comes. It comes to your spirit. Your spirit communicates that to your mind. And now the word of God in your mind will start renovating your thinking. It'll bring light to you. It'll show you on the inside that what you're facing, you already have victory in. It says, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know three things. These are three things you've got to know. Number one, the hope of his calling. What is that? That is God's plan for your life. Walking in revelation knowledge will always ensure that every step of the way, you're walking out his plan because you see it. You don't see the whole plan. You just see your next step. Have you ever heard me say this? You meditate in the word of God, God reveals something about himself, and then you walk. In Colossians it says we walk worthy of him. The word worthy means we walk in a forward motion one step at a time. If there's no light, I'm not walking. Right? But when light comes, now I walk. The walk of faith is a rest. The confidence you have I mean, it's amazing when you walk this way because you know, you know that you know that you know that God loves you and that you're in his will. There's nothing in you. See, this is why inner turmoil in a believer, is it just stinks because you have no confidence. 
Why? Because no confidence in God because you're trying to put confidence in yourself. God's like, no, 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 no. Put all of your trust in me so I could take you places that you never even imagined going to. See, if you're led in this world by money, you're not led by the Holy Ghost. Because you will hold on to money when you should be sowing it. You'll settle for less when, when it's not God's plan for your life. Right? It says, you'll know the hope of his calling. The next thing, what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. That you will know not only God's plan for your life, but that you will begin to know the, that you have an inheritance as a child of God. The blessings of God, that you've been given an inheritance. The Amplified Classic version of this verse says this, by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you and how rich is the glorious inheritance in the saints, his set-apart ones. Wow. I'm telling you guys, there is no greater hope of your calling than your authority in Christ. When you realize that you have been given authority over everything that could come against you on this earth, total authority, man, now all things start becoming possible. And you'll stop living on what you think you can do and you'll start living out of the purpose and destiny that God has for you. Just because you're in a career, listen, God may want you to rewrite how to walk that out and make you do things in the earth that has never been done. I remember... When Pastor Teresa, when she started this thing as our children's pastor, I told her, I said, listen, I want you to look at this as a clean slate. Being a children's pastor was not on her radar. As a matter of fact, she would have told you there's no way. You know, I mean, she went to Creighton, was a theater major. What does that have to do with being a children's pastor? In her case, everything. I'm like, you just, you have a clean slate, you look down on the inside of you because I believe you'll rewrite how we do children's ministry. Why not? And it won't just bless our church, it might bless the whole world. Let alone everything else she'll do for God, right? See, there, it's unlimited. So don't put any limits. We don't, we don't think positively as Christians. We think unlimited. All things are possible, Right? You will never live up to your potential in Christ and do the works of Jesus without the spirit of revelation, spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Because God wants you to know, man, you, he has a plan for your life. That there's an inheritance for you that is rich in glory. Verse 19, number three, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe? according to the working of his mighty power. You need to know not only that God has a plan for you, not only that your inheritance is rich in glory, 
It's amazing. It's everything you could ever need. But also, as you believe God's word, there's incredible power that is pointed at you to when you believe it. There's power available to you. The Amplified Classic of this verse says it this way. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe, as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength. That's so good, we got to read that again. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable, unlimited, and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe, as was demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength. How, what is he talking about? He's talking about when he raised Christ. Verse 20, which he wrought, this word wrought in the King James means he brought about and accomplished in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. God is saying, I want you to know that the same power that I raised Jesus with and sat him at my right hand on a place of ultimate authority is the same power that when you say, I believe I receive my healing of my sniffly nose. But he, he says, as was demonstrated. In other words, listen guys, the greatest amount of strength that was ever demonstrated in all human history was when Jesus was raised from the dead and seated in heaven. In other words, there is nothing that you will ever need from God that, has great, that is greater in power than that. But it's the same power that's work, that'll heal your body, that'll pay your bills, that'll open doors, that'll, that'll, it's the same power. He wants you to know that. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Look at where he set him. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion. Far above every name that is named. Not only in this world, but that which is, in, is the end to come. What? Yeah, do you realize in the world that is to come, in eternity, do you know everything will bow to the name of Jesus? We will never stop using his name. Wow, I love that. And hath put all things under his feet. So he sat him. In heavenly places, we know at the Father's right hand, far above all, all of the satanic heart. And, and this word far above means so far you can't even compare it. And then he put all things under his feet. But now it's about to get really good because it's going to start talking about us. And gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him. Do you know that the body of Christ in this earth is the fullness of him? Jesus had the spirit without measure. Now Jesus is the head, but Jesus is still here. 
And he fills us. He's talking about the church. We are the fullness of him now. When you speak in his name, it's as if he was here speaking. And he, seated at the right hand of the Father, will perform everything that we speak that he said. Every time. Boy, this kind of changes your prayer life, huh? Are we preaching on prayer or are we preaching on authority? Yes, right? Look at this, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So now, you know, I want to do this. I didn't know if I was going to do this or not. But go ahead and can you put up the amplified classic of that? I'm going to see if I could get it so I don't have to look up at the board here. Bear, where would that be? Here we go. Amplified classic. Go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20. All right, look at this. Which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, far above every name that is named, above every title that can be confirmed, not only in this age and in this world, but also in the age and the world which which are to come, and he has put all things under his feet and has appointed him the universal and supreme head of the church, a headship exercised throughout the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. For in that body lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete and who fills everything everywhere with himself. This is why Satan wants you up to here with you. Because you carry the very love of God. You carry the very power of God to make others free. We can't keep this to ourselves. I love this which is his body, the fullness of him, who fills all in all. For in that body, in us, lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete, who fills everything everywhere with himself. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted, those that had a breach in their spirit. Talk to any psychologist, right? Talk to them and, and try to get in to see them. You know, in our city, you're going to wait three to six months because there are so many people with so many problems and we have the ability to minister completeness and wholeness to them. Right? Man, wouldn't it be amazing in this field if we can be the church in this city, how would that help these counselors and psychologists, and, right? How would it help that? So let's keep going real quick. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. Now look at this. And you hath he quickened, that means to be made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins 
This word dead is in the locative tense. In other words, you were completely and continually dead. You could never do anything to break out of this. The literal rendering of this verse in the Greek would say, and you hath he made alive, who being continually dead in trespasses and sins. Wow. What this is telling us is we are connected to the same power displayed in Jesus. This same power is to be displayed in us. In other words, guys, we all share in the victory and authority of Jesus. Wherein in times past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. This is how we walked before we got saved. The spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, unpersuadableness, unbelieving. God found us walking, in other words, under the influence of the devil. See, people who don't know God think that they're living their own way, but actually they're living under the influence of Satan. They just don't know it. I mean, isn't it kind of crazy that you can go talk about every religion of the world and it's no problem, but talk about Christianity. Oh, that just upsets people. I mean, you really see this influence if you ever talk to an atheist because they are really mad at a God that they don't believe exists. You're like going, whoa, dude, mellow. I thought you said you didn't believe in this. Why is this even bothering you? Right? People live this way bound by habits and desires that could not be broken on their own. Bound to live in pride. Bound to live in selfishness. It was our nature to live this way. See, the spiritually dead human being still functions... Have you noticed that? They still are alive, but they function independent of God. Because we've not done a great job in teaching the Word of God as pastors, there's a lot of Christians that are choosing to live their life independent from God. But you're not designed that way. As a result of spiritual death, man walked opposite to the ways that God had intended See, a dead man's unable to help himself. He needs a savior, right? He needs a savior. Well, I hope we've got a little bit more of this picture. We're going to keep going with this. Isn't this thrilling to know that nothing will ever bind you again? Isn't, I mean, isn't that amazing? That you can have victory in every arena of your life. Oh, Christian Believe it. I could sense there's people that are sitting there going, I want to believe this. I just, you just keep sticking with it. God will bring revelation to your heart. Get hungry. Keep seeking. Get in the word of God. Go over some of these scriptures and let the Lord bring this to the forefront so that you can be planted and be a viable part of the church. You get planted in a local church. You start walking out God's plan for your life. Man, as you walk with him, it is victory over victory, freedom, freedom, 
He'll, I mean, it's amazing how he pulls detrimental thought processes out of your mind. All of a sudden you get free from things and all of it brings a rest and a quiet ceasing that refreshes you because his yoke is easy. His burden is light. Amen?